Hey, Bill and Gunnar, welcome to Black Law Tribal Edition. Marimu here with you today. And uh, wherever you are listening to the show, I hope you're doing well. And uh, it's been uh, a very, very eventful uh, last week since we um, spoke with you. And um, I just hope you're uh, you're doing fine. Uh, this morning we've got, or this today rather, we've got, because uh, it's not it's past morning now, um, we've got Urulam and Ganyara, and I think the, the, uh, the police minister... Bomi is uh, either going to make it today or he'll be on his way uh, later this afternoon. But uh, wherever you are listening to the show, welcome. And we look forward to discussing a number of issues. And <clears throat> I guess the, uh, uh, the, the, the issues are um, constant now at the moment. Uh, so if, you've been, if you have Facebook or Twitter or, or other social media platforms, there's a growing resistance to um, uh, people speaking for each other on behalf of each other and uh, obviously the Yudinji government can't speak for any other nation but the Yudinji nation because the elders that is the uh, the clan group leaders this is very important of uh, the various clans on the Yudinji territory put their signatures to form the government um, Ganyara you were there uh, I was there when uh, Gimoy Wallabara did that and many others that have done that also in the past. Uh, that's all written down and uh, otherwise we wouldn't have been doing this stuff without that permission because that's very important. So I think that's a really in- important thing. Uh, but the conversations in Australia now is, uh, you know, just uh, here we have uh, someone I won't say who saying, I'm already sick of listening to the same elected Aboriginal voices talking about the constitutional change and misleading a grassroots voice will be heard. Well, where are the grassroots voices now? And how about you step aside for a moment and give us a platform? Um, so these are, these are things out there if you're following um, uh, the voice or the Indigenous voice to Parliament. Uh, there appears to be people pushing it. Uh, there appears to be big multinational Australian companies supporting it, mining companies. So you sort of got to ask the question about, look, is it really in Australia's interest to have the Indigenous voice to Parliament or is the dingy side of the story being promoted out there or are we the only ones currently doing that? And, uh, Ganyara, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, you've got to stop and have a look at the, the propaganda that's out there and that's exactly what's coming out. It is propaganda everywhere from both with both camps. Um, there is the the propaganda of that their voice will give you something inside Australia. You'll get this special thing that you'll be different to the rest of the Australians. Look, it's only a toy telephone. There's nothing more uh, about it. It's got no veto power. It's got no right to change or influence legislation. It's even been said that they don't even have to listen to you. you you'll write something on a piece of paper and there, there's nothing can be done about it. Um, it, it may be also like a, an ATSIC-style scam where it's setting the Aboriginal people up, people up to to make these outrageous claims on how they control their country and, you know, they can't do it. You know, they just simply can't. So, uh, like ATSIC, the, the white fella saw this just a, a, a hole in the ground they were just pouring money into and, and they will getting no results, no benefits, nothing. Then it'll be just the same old, see, we, we can't let the Aboriginal people run themselves or govern themselves. Look at the mess they're making of that, you know. So it could be there to, to make the Aboriginal people look like fools, you know, that, that the inability to govern. Or the, the bully boy tactics, you know, where uh, one, one group of people will take over, you know, the, the uh, Aboriginal academics 
Australians that get into there, they get voted into these positions because it'll be by vote. And uh, I think Jacinta Price got it right. She said, I, I bet you that the average mum and, da uh, mum and dad style of people in the back of nowhere won't even know about this board and they won't get elected onto it. You know, this is all the academics just getting their snout in the trough again and taking the money, you know. So, but the voice to, to Parliament is definitely racist and divisive. You've only got to get onto something like Sky News um, and watch Chris Kenny and Andrew Bolt. You know, you know, Andrew Bolt sadly has it right sometimes that, that it is divisive, that there should be no um, special voice based on colour, race, creed or whatever. Um, sadly, I've got to agree with him on that because the Yidinji way is not divisive. It's, it's outside of Australia. Um, we, we're not going to cause any argument within Australia in any way, shape or form. And look, even on the weekend, um, la or end of last week, there was a, um, uh, a hell of a blow-up over um, the Merchant Navy uh, Day celebrations. Normally, every year, they put the Red Ensign on top of the Harbour Bridge. Um, but this year, they didn't. Perite uh, refused to, to sign off on it going up and, you know, removing the Aboriginal flag, putting the Red Ensign up. Now, there's a hell of a fight over that. Why, you know, the, why aren't they recognising the, the affairs of those old people that have had to fight uh, during the last war to, to make Australia. And they'd rather fly the Aboriginal flag, which is only an Australian flag anyway. So it's creating this division. So now you've got people saying, oh, the Aboriginals now got some special privilege. You know, think of the old people that died during the war. You know, they, they had to sacrifice themselves and now they don't get recognition in favour of Aboriginal. It's building this, this race division, this hatred that's going on. And the voice to Parliament, I'm, I'm afraid to say, is absolutely part of it. Yeah, it's really uh, 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 something which is confronting or not confronting people. You know, people so whether whether there is interest in what's happening or not, the, the fact is that you know it's something which is dividing people, and that's not what we don't. Yidinji doesn't stand for division. It's about bringing people together, and you know, of course, the traditions of all the nations in this country that have been there for thirty thousand years or more have always been about inter interdependence, interrelationships. You know how we work together. And the world seems to be heading in the opposite direction with what's going on. Oh, it really is. And you can just see this in the global conflict that's, that's building around the world. Um, but, you know, Yudinji is here trying to help. He's trying to help Australia to get some sort of security, you know, national security, for example. Um, it, it, the voice to Parliament can't do that. How can it do it? You know, if, we, if, if, if it's a treaty they're calling for... The Yudinji Nation will offer a treaty to Australia to give it somewhere to rest its constitution. So it's actually got somewhere to call home. You know, this is the territory of Australia. And um, you only got to see just what's going on out in the Pacific Ocean there with the Solomon Islands, with their deal with China. They're now refusing to let, um, you know, foreign ships refuel, foreign military ships refuel there. But... You know, how can Australia say to anyone else, come over here because we don't have a treaty with the natives, with the indigenous people? If they had a treaty with the Yudinji, for example, there's a navy base in the middle of country here. Think of what could happen. But would a voice to parliament achieve this for Australia? Would it achieve security, national security, where they can have their navy base here? Well, a voice to parliament will continue the narrative, in my view, of a white Australia policy. And that's the fact. Chris Kenny, Andrew Bolt, they're Australians. They speak for and on behalf of Australians as much as they want. Rita Price, or Rita, uh, not Rita Price, uh, Rita uh, Panahi and, 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 and uh, uh, Shireen Morris uh, and, and all these other, uh, what do you call it, uh, 
academics and commentators in the Australian um, uh, press uh, only speak for Australia. The same with the Jacinta Price um, and uh, 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 the Lydia Thorpes and everyone else. They speak from an Australian point of view. Um, there is a highly contested um, narrative inside the Commonwealth as opposed with, 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 with the voice to Parliament. Um, they're, 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 they're bashing each other over the stick, the left and the right, and then those in the middle uh, are, are sort of uh, are stuck there. So we're not talking about the Australian way. We're talking about the Yidinji way. We can only speak for the Yidinji way because the elders, John Allen Yidinji, the Tribal Council of Elders, instructed us to do so. And if people don't like it, fair enough. You don't have to believe in it. You don't have to support it. But what you can't do is then look for promises inside of Australia and start complaining that it doesn't change ever again. You're going to have to do this the hard way. Hard work is the only remedy here. The solution is you've got to do it yourself. There's no magic pill. There's no Swiss bank accounts with the secret keys and codes. There's no magic trust. There's no common law. There's nothing. There's only the tribal nations that can reinvigorate the existing law to provide true settlement and securing the future for, for all persons. Now, whether it's on the Yudinji Territory or on the Kukuyalanji Territory or, or, or the Japwarang or the Kulin Nations, wherever it may be, that is the only option. From what I can see, and I'm, I'm, I, 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 I do stand to be corrected, if anyone else has a, has a solution that can provide true settlement and security, uh, then I'm happy to hear it. But as far as I'm concerned, this is the only way. It really is, and, that, and that's what the voice is, or the people who support the voice aren't seeing. You know, maybe they're possibly wanting to have the, the same old, well, keep them uneducated and they won't go out and they won't rebuild their, their Indigenous nation that will give us the treaty that we need. You know, if, 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 it, if, it's, if the Indigenous people don't come back, Australia will have it its own way um, forever and a day. But they, they can't because we're back. And, you know, they may get all these other state-based treaties where, where other nations will vote and, and support it all. Until they've got the whole lot, they've got nothing. And Yudinji isn't going to come in and bend over and just give it to Australia. You know, it's just not going to be like that. There's going to be a treaty. That, that guarantees our national security. It guarantees the national security of Australia. That's the only way. Just think what would happen now if... Um, they go down this voice to parliament road and, you know, legislation, gets, they don't have to listen to them about whatever they want that affects them. And the Chinese come and do a, a deal, for example. They come and um, say, we'll do a deal with the Yidinji nation. Not that they're going to do it, not that we've said they may or may not do it. But say they did. We'll just do a hypothetical. They come along and we give China, people in the Republic of China, the, the right to... Um, administered the territory, the Yidinji territory. Then they take charge of the Navy base. Then there would be this conflict at the UN level that China's got the permission to be here and not Australia. All of a sudden now China's got a, a foothold on the mainland. Think about the consequences of that for the national security of Australia. Think about it. It, is, it has got massive, massive repercussions. So we're trying to do this for Australia to get them to the table to get national security built by doing a deal with them and them alone. But, you know, we can't keep going forever like this. And this was one of the things, as you said about the old people, is to look after the interest of the Yidinji nation, what's best for them. And possibly what Australia is doing is showing bad, um, bad faith, I suppose, 
not wanting to cooperate with the Yidinji nation to get national security for Australia and Yidinji. This is rather sad in a way that we've been offering this for years now, best part of half a decade, that we've been offering this to Australia. Come to the table, we'll sort it out, not for one dollar, not one penny, not one anything. We'll sort the mess out. And that'll give you national security to have your Navy boats here on country. It'll give permission for you to, for the American uh, military to bring their, the Navy to bring their boats in, for example, to come on country. It'll all be done in one foul sweep of a treaty. But until then, you know, they've got to be very careful. Australia wants to be very careful about what they're doing with this voice to Parliament because it is only a toy telephone and it hasn't really worked anywhere else in the world, has it? So you wouldn't consider Yudinji uh, supporting a non-Indigenous voice to Yudinji Parliament? A, a non-Indigenous voice? Um, we're just the voice that is here, and that's the Foreign Minister. That's, that's, you know, so it can't be... It's to their Parliament... It's got nothing to do with us. That's their parliament and their Indigenous Australians. Our voice to their parliament, or to their world, to the Commonwealth of Australia, is the Minister for Foreign Affairs. And that's got to be done correctly through all the correct protocols. Uh, I meant a uh, uh, Yudinji um, citizen, non-Indigenous voice to Yudinji parliament. <laughs> well, our citizens all have a go to our parliament. About, but you've got to become a citizen of our, of our world to enter into our parliament. This is how... We're all Indigenous? We're all Indigenous to here, you know, because um, if you... I, I like to go back to... That's an adjective, that word. Let's go back to that, like an Indigenous Australian. Pauline Hanson got it correct. She's an Indigenous Australian. Murumu, Yurulam, Ganyara, they're Indigenous you're dingy, not, not Australian, you see. So you can't be a non-Indigenous, you're dingy and have a voice in our parliament. You've got to join up to the show. This is a contract that makes the law. That's what brings you into our world. So it's Pauline's voice that will be amongst the voice to the parliament. That's what you're saying. Well, she's an Indigenous Australian. She should have every right to have a voice there, just like all the rest of the black Australians or white Australians. She should have a right as an Indigenous Australian to talk to parliament through their elected member. Well, all politicians and senators and parliamentarians are Indigenous Australians. The whole voice is an Indigenous Australian voice. So you just, you're just adding fuel to the fire. If you think you're going to get a voice, a special treatment inside of Australia, wake up. Wake up. Think you're deadly. You know? That's what I'm saying. It's, 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 all, a, it's, all, a, it's all a game. And... Uh, I think it's it's very important that uh, people uh, need to, if they truly want to look after their tribe, then get involved. Get go back to the simplicity of it. You speak for yourselves. Uh, your nation speaks for your nation. Australia can't give you anything. Uh, they can only keep going with what they're doing because they're sort of swimming out at the sea there and uh, nothing else. What I'm going to do is now I'm going I'm I'm to give you some scriptures. I've done this before uh, recently, but what I'm going to do now is that all you've got to remember in the Bible that Israel was a tribe. They had tribes there, okay? And... Uh, all, all you do is replace Israel with your tribal nation. So let's say you're dingy. So everyone in the world uh, who is anti-Israel will be anti-Yudinji um, if, if they go down this track. 
So people who hate Jews and whatever, they're going to hate you, didn't you, for this, okay? So Isaiah 8, 20, write this down. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. Which means, basically, if you're going to talk about the law, you've got to say where it came from. And in this instance here, Gaibara Guppi is the creator, or Guppi Gimpi on the table end is another name for the creator. Okay? And that's where Yidinji law comes from. So there is light in us when we're talking about the truth right now. Okay? So we're not telling lies. We're not making this stuff up. This was from the very beginning of time. First and foremost, tick off the box. Done. Okay? Deuteronomy 17.15. Okay? Be sure to appoint over you a king the Lord your God chooses. Fair enough. He must be from among your fellow Israelites or Yudinji. Do not place a foreigner over you who is not an Israelite or a Yudinji. How can the Commonwealth of Australia speak for us? It's a stranger on our territory. You see what I'm saying here? God gave you, your tribe, land, dominion, and now you can go and make law in the written sense to interact with the globe and tell you tell them who you are so make sure when you talk about sovereignty you talk about the sovereign that one's the one that created everything heaven and earth land sea water the whole lot man and woman okay so that's what we're doing are we telling lies no we're not telling lies so there's there is light in us that's right that's the truth right there now is the Queen of Australia my king? No. Well, how? John Alanyadinji, the tribal council, that's the royal houses there. That's what I'm talking about. But if you've got a stranger who's your boss, that is Queensland or the Commonwealth of Australia, it's clearly stated here in the scriptures, don't place a foreigner in charge of you. All right, fair enough. Romans 13, verses 1 and 2. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. So I'm sorry, guys, but the sovereign unity government is one that God established. The authorities that exist have been established by God, it says there. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority, let's say the sovereign unity government, is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So you may choose to ignore the sovereign unity government. Fair enough. Kick the can down the road, whatever it may be. But then, if you're going to go against the tribe, you're going against the supernatural. That's the simplicity of it, right there. Okay? Israel's done it. You can. We're doing it. And if they go against us, they're they're an anti-Semite. They're an anti-Yudinji, whatever it may be. You're racist. Okay? So no one can say we can't do this. I never started this thing. I'm Johnny Come Lately. The Yudinji nation was well established well before I got here by a few thousand years. And in 2013, the elders established it. Or earlier than that, actually. And I came last minute. They asked me, oh, can you help out? I did. And that's what we're doing today. And we're building it from the ground up because the foundation is strong. That is the rock. And that's the creator. Anyway, you're listening to Blackwell Tribal Edition. We'll be back after the break.
Welcome back to the program. For the second half of the show, we're deciding to put on the voice debate. It was on Sky News, and the voice debate was aired, I think, uh, recently. It's called Tackling One of the Biggest Issues of a Generation. And Sky News uh, brings together uh, Dr. Shireen Morrison, uh, Dean Parkin, um, and uh, Jacinta Nampajimpa-Price, and Andrew Bolt, with Chris Kinney as the uh, host. So we're going to play the first half this week and the second half next week. But just remember... There's no Yudinji on this panel. They're just talking about Australia, inside of Australia, and keeping it all Australian, but you, you be the judge. Welcome to The Voice Debate, a Sky News special event tackling one of the issues of our generation, the path to reconciliation. A referendum for an Indigenous voice to Parliament has been announced. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says this will be held during this term of Parliament. This is a decision for you, for all voters, on whether or not to change the Constitution. And the debate is already passionate. Tonight we've brought together four of the most powerful voices in this discussion from different sides of the argument. In favour of a voice from the Heart Director, Dean Parkin, and constitutional lawyer and Labor candidate, Dr Shireen Morris. Opposing a voice are Coalition Senator for the Northern Territory, Jacinta Nampajimpa-Price, and Sky News host and News Corp columnist, Andrew Bolt. There is plenty to discuss, and just a reminder, as most of you know, I support a voice and have been involved in a committee to work up options. But tonight is about the arguments of our panellists, and we'll kick it off with a short 30-second outline from each of them about why we should either support or oppose an Indigenous voice. Jacinda, why don't you kick it off? Well, it's my firm belief that you don't lift a group of people uh, by treating them differently to the rest of those. And you certainly don't uh, favour them over the rest of those. And in this case, we're talking about Indigenous Australians uh, in, with regard to the rest of the Australian people. And as far as I'm concerned, we're all Australian people and we shouldn't be divided along the lines of race. Shireen? Thanks, Chris. I agree that we're all Australians and we're all in this together, but Indigenous people through the Uluru Statement are asking just for an advisory voice in their affairs when Parliament and Government make laws and policies about them. And in the past, there were lots of unfair, discriminatory laws and policies, policies denying them the vote, taking children away, um, defining who they can marry and where they can live. Uh, you know, now we have well-meaning policies like native title, closing the gap, Indigenous heritage protection, but let's face it, we're comprehensively failing to close the gap. And I believe if Indigenous people have a constitutionally guaranteed advisory voice so that communities can co-design solutions in partnership with government, we'll be better placed to get practical results and better outcomes. OK, Shireen, Andrew Bolton. Well, I think it's fundamentally racist. I don't want any of us on this table to have different political rights on the basis of the race of some of their grandparents. It's also permanent. We are binding future generations who might look at this and think, gosh, that, that didn't work well, but this is in our constitution. It's also unnecessary. Uh, I don't think it does any good, a practical good. And we already have 
consultation. We consult with Aboriginal groups all the time. Next to me is an Aboriginal uh, politician. Over there is someone who, uh, two people who have worked for Aboriginal outfits uh, before. There's consultation galore. And lastly, I think, uh, it's dangerous. We don't know where this is going to go to. Logically, it leads to sovereignty, a form of apartheid. We don't know how it's going to be interpreted. We don't even know what the powers of this body are. We are buying something unknown, unnecessary, racist. We don't even know where it's going to go. I think it's just so wrong for Australia. Dean. Well, we're here for a debate, Chris, but I think uh, there's a couple of things that we can all actually agree on. Firstly, that the quality of life for many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples can and should be better than what we're experiencing right now. The second thing is that if we do want to see those real changes in the communities at the grassroots, we can't just keep doing the same thing that we've been doing year after year. And lastly, I think we can all agree that we get better outcomes when Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have a direct say over those issues that directly affect our families and our communities. And that's what this voice is all about. It's about giving a voice to the grassroots so that uh, we get better outcomes on the ground, we get better results, and we get better taxpayer value for a lot of goodwill that's going into Indigenous affairs, and people just want to see better outcomes on the ground, and that's what this voice is all about. Thank you. Some strong arguments there. We're going to have a, a hell of a time thrashing them out over the rest of this program. But let's start off by looking at this conversation starter, how we've reached this moment in history. The referendum is on Saturday, and it's important that we should have the maximum vote. The High Court delivered its historic judgment on the Mabo case. The most important court decision. The case is a long victory for the pain suffering and hurt of these stolen generations, their descendants and for their families left behind, we say sorry. The Uluru Statement from the Heart is Australia's greatest act of faith, hope and love. We are seeking to secure support for the question and the associated provisions in time for a successful referendum in this term of Parliament. Reconciliation is a long time coming. A century or more of reforms, changes, disappointments, passion, moments in history. But we could be about to see the biggest change of all, a referendum to give Indigenous people a permanent voice. How radical are the proposed changes to the Constitution? Interestingly, of all the various drafts that have been floating around for some years about this, this is the most minimalistic I've seen. One thing the critics keep asking is, where is the detail? What would a voice look like? Well, under the previous coalition government, there was an extensive co-design process. I was part of it. And here's the result. 275 pages in black and white of what a local, regional and national Indigenous voice could be. We presented a report to government. Government's accepted the report. Prime Minister Albanese has said that he'll see that as central to the development of the design of the, of the new voice. We now have to take what we proposed back out there to the community. It empowers a group of people who will be operating through that voice, which, uh, which we've tried previously and it hasn't worked. I think 
think we just need to move forward and deal with the real social, practical, economic issues of, of Aboriginal people. So what do we know about the voice to Parliament so far? Well, Anthony Albanese has committed to a referendum in this Parliament, possibly as early as the middle of next year. The question will be simple. Do you support an alteration to the Constitution that establishes an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice? The voice will be established permanently. Only another referendum could abolish it. It'll make representations to Parliament, but it's not a third chamber. Its powers will be advisory only. How do we give Indigenous people reason to believe that the future will be different from the past? Whether you support the voice, oppose it, or like many, you're waiting to make up your mind, I reckon most of us reckon something has to change in this country. All children should start with an equal chance at life. So while some people say that this is about dividing the nation, I reckon it's a chance to bring us together. And whatever your view, we should all be joining the debate. There we go, Andrew Bolt. Uh, firstly, there's no doubt that people want this to be unifying. You say it will divide the nation. Of Why? course it does. Of course it does, because uh, some people with Aboriginal ancestry, uh, they get different political rights than everyone else. Uh, how does that not divide people? You're going to be asking people for proof of their identity before they have a particular say. You're going to be denouncing some people as not representing Aboriginal people. and It's just the whole thing strikes me as in itself divisive and Sh it's so unnecessary. Shireen, you're the constitutional lawyer. How does giving Aboriginal people rights to a separate representative body not amount to an additional right? Well, we ha I prefer to be pragmatic and realistic rather than ideological about it. The current state of affairs is that Parliament and Government do make Indigenous-specific laws and policies, like the Native Title Act, like Indigenous heritage protection laws, like closing the gap measures. And the constitutional reality is that Parliament has a specific constitutional power that it only has ever used in relation to Indigenous people. So prior to 1967, the race power was never used. After the 1967 referendum, it was only ever used to, uh, with respect to Indigenous affairs. All this is saying is that Indigenous communities on the ground, as Dean says, should have a voice when Parliament makes laws and policies about them. I don't see that as divisive. I see that as bringing Australians closer together. Because don't forget, Indigenous people were explicitly excluded from the Constitution to begin with. This is including them in the Constitution. It's about inclusion, not separatism. Jacinda, this seems to be the strongest argument, that the Constitution gives the federal government powers to make special laws for Indigenous people, therefore shouldn't it listen to them? Well, I think when it comes to dealing with Indigenous issues, we're, we're starting from the wrong place because we're assuming that just because one is Indigenous that they're automatically at a disadvantage. I mean, I'm sitting here with myself, with Dean, we're not disadvantaged because we're Indigenous. And my argument has always been about serving the Australian people on the basis of need. Now, the most marginalised Indigenous Australians in this country are those who, who's, uh, whose first language is not English, who often don't have the education, the same level of education as someone like myself and Dean has, um, who therefore don't have the opportunity to articulate uh, particularly those needs. Now, it's argued that this voice model is supposed to give them 
them a voice, but they have existed. Um, the bureaucracies have existed to serve them, but the bureaucracies have largely lived off the back of their misery. And so I don't trust that this mechanism is about serving them. And again, it suggests that all Indigenous people are somehow marginalised, and that doesn't actually solve our problems for us. And I don't see how there's a guarantee that this is uh, about to do that. Dean, you're charged with trying to convince people about the merits of, uh, of an Indigenous voice. So how can you convince people if many Australians, like Andrew and Jacinta, think that this will actually divide us? Oh, well, uh, when you actually listen to Australians from all walks of life, which I've had the great privilege of doing over the last five years, since the Uluru Statement from the Heart was, was presented through this campaign, um, there is a deep well of goodwill from Australians across the country um, towards Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and towards this issue in particular. People, they might not necessarily understand the statistics, they might not necessarily read all the closing the gap reports that are presented year after year, but they, they've got a sense, they've got a sense that things aren't right for far too many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, as the Senator has said, in particular in remote communities, and that it's time to do something different. It's time for a change. And they're very much animated by this idea of wanting to see practical change on the ground. We've tried many other solutions in the past. We cannot just keep doing what we've done in the past. The status quo is a bit broken in that regards. And the voice is the most practical thing we can do. As the Senator says, giving a voice to those people that need it most, that have been ignored, overridden, sidelined and marginalised by the bureaucrats, by the politicians. It's time we listen to those mob because that's where the solutions lie. Can I pick you up on, on that? Like, Shireen has worked for the Cape York uh, initiative of uh, Noel Pearson, right? Now, that shows us that we have been consulting. No one has been consulted more than Noel Pearson. In over an eight-year period, he got $150 million from the taxpayer for his initiative. There's also, in that area, $120 million fund uh, that comes from Rio royalties, right, for 3,000 people. There's a huge amount of money, huge amount of consultation, and that didn't work. And it's not because there's a, a lack of a, 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 an obligation in the Constitution to consult. They're consulting. In fact, we have, what is it, more than 30 big land councils. We have a council of the peaks representing 70 Aboriginal organisations, big ones that consulted all the way through with Scott Morrison. You've, you've got 11 people in Parliament identifying as Aboriginal. You've got 2,700 Aboriginal corporations. There is no shortage of consultation. And we've done it before and, and this, with ATSI, with the Aboriginal Advancement League. What, what, what the consultation is not Andrew, the issue. What, what about the point that something needs to change? We surely something don't Something needs to change. Surely consultation don't change. Is not Can I pick you up on that, You've got to give me a chance yeah, to pick you up on Shireen. that. Let's be honest. Noel Pearson is one of the most famous people in Australia, OK? He can pick up the phone to past Prime Ministers. Now, I am sorry, your ordinary person out in Arakoon or Wadi cannot. So ad hoc consultation that privileged Indigenous leaders uh, get to do now is not enough. That's the point. But my it's, point it's is... It's not enough my to point empower is, the people who are truly not My heard. point is, with all the consultation he did get and all the self administration, all the uh, autonomy he did get. The results in Arakun, with all that money 
and Cape York, the other three communities, have been atrocious. Yeah, well, They've been appalling. They've been we don't shocking. Make it about it's that, not that consultation. Example, that is my point. The, the, the other point about consultation, though, Jacinda, I'd like to get your point on this, is, is, is firstly, it's always been informal. There's been Indigenous advisory boards to Labor and Liberal governments, basically hand-picked by Prime Ministers. The difference with The Voice, one, to me, one of the key differences is Aboriginal people themselves will get to choose who will represent them. So what? Well, they no, can do it right now. No, let, let's speak to this, because no Aboriginal organisations will get to pick those voices. And this is where our failures lie, because we know that nepotism has existed for a, a long time. We know that there's a lot of Aboriginal people who don't have faith in Aboriginal organisations. We know that there's favouritism that has gone on. And to me, this is going to fall straight back into that trap of favouritism. And if you look at the consultation in terms of the Uluru Statement to the Heart, a big hunk that is ignored were the dissenting voices who didn't agree with that process, who weren't part of that process. It's not a legitimate representation of Indigenous people, but it has been sold to the Australian people that this is what all Indigenous people want, because Indigenous people are often co-opted, certainly by Labor, even by the unions and by organisations, to appear as though they get behind and they support these propositions. But we're not recognised as individuals in our own right like all other Australians are and we're lumped in a group based on our race and this is another one of those exercises. Dean, I want to get you to respond to that. No form of representation is perfect. We only have to look at federal parliament to see that. But how uh, could you make sure that uh, an Indigenous voice is truly representative? I just got to pick one thing up. The Senator said there that no dissenting voices were heard through that. The Uluru Statement process... I was in every single one of those rooms that that heard the views of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples from around the country, urban, regional, remote, grassroots mob, talking about what was important to them. I can assure you that the debates were had, those differences of opinion were heard, and yet after all of that process, the most comprehensive process to engage our mob on this issue, the very clear... Um, proposal for a voice came out as the sole option for constitutional recognition. And I think, Chris, I want to actually go back to that. We've got to remember... How many, the, how just many, how many people were consulted? Just, just, let, just let me finish. <laughs> We've got to remember that this whole process started with John Howard. Back in 2007, <laughs> John Howard was the one that said, it is right that the nation should recognise Is this supposed to genuflect? John Howard. Let me finish, please, Andrew. Let's have, let's have a respectful debate. I think the thing that we must do in this whole thing is allow for respect. We must include people, hear the different views. It was Howard that said... Um, we must recognise the unique status of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples, and we should do that through mm -hmm. the Constitution. Every single Prime Minister since has held that bipartisan commitment. Coalition, Labor, and it still exists to this day. There's a lot that, of that, 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 that is Indigenous recognition, recognition, recognition in the Constitution that is That's not different. necessarily a voice, <laughs> although I think it's a practical reality at the moment that there's a consensus of Indigenous Australians, as much as you can have that, saying there won't be recognition without a voice. It's how Indigenous Australia, Indigenous Australia says they want to be recognised. Let's continue the discussion and just move it along a bit. I want to get you to, Shireen, to take this point up for us, and that is the fact that we don't have a bill from Labor about what a voice would look like. We don't have details. So critics of a voice can say anything they like about it. Supporters don't have anything to defend. When will Linda Burney and Anthony Albanese actually show Australians in detail how a voice would work? 
So I don't know the answer to that question, but it goes to um, the Senator's point about uh, the question about whether it would be Aboriginal organisations, you know, deciding the representation. I don't think that's at all clear. I think it's um, the co-design report put out a lot of detail, as you said earlier, Chris. Um, there are options there. What came, so, that, so in terms of how it will work is still an open question, and I would urge us all to actually input into that process to make sure that this works well. That's a big problem, isn't it, Andrew? It's, it's an open sheet. It because what you're going to get, and you've seen it with some of the distribution of royalties, etc., and some of the mm. land councils, right? Big man politics. If someone who one particular clan or family, they dominate. I don't want to name names, but you know probably exactly what I'm talking about. The others miss out. They don't get a fair share. Mm. And what, what is we going to perm, you know, make it perpetual that this big man politics exists in a, in an institution under the Constitution, and this this person represents Aborigines when they don't. I mean, Dean's already fallen into the thing of, you know, Aborigines want. Well, I'm si sitting next to someone who identifies as Aboriginal. They don't want what you're saying. I think this is the whole thing. We need to be very clear. Is this about democracy? We don't know. And in fact, we don't even know what powers this has. This body can have powers given to it by any future government, Greens, Labor, uh, Liberal, whatever, in the future. And that brings it into the show. Uh, final comments? Yeah, look, understand what the voice is all about. You know, just, just understand that this is all for Australian stuff and that really... It's got nothing to do with us. It's as simple as that. We are, are foreign to Australia. We're keeping it that way. We always will be. And uh, whatever happens inside Australia is, is none of our business, really. Yeah, that's it, Gunya. And you, know, you, you didn't just hear to make it simple and help people understand. You know, within our nation, we have many citizens, and those citizens uh, have all sorts of genealogical backgrounds, come from you know, many different colour skins, but every one of them are Yudinji. Same in Australia. So it helps people understand that in Australia, they are all Indigenous. No matter what colour your skin is, no matter where you were born, where you're from, if they've got Australian citizenship, they're Australians. So there can't be a separate voice. That's right. And, and we're talking about the identities uh, that are Yidinji and are Australian. So the identity card, the Yidinji passport is 100% Yidinji. The Australian passport is 100% Australian. Pauline Hanson... The identity, the piece of paper, is 100% in Indigenous Australian. Ganyara, Yalmabara, Murumi, Wallabara, Yirulungurumina, 100% on paper, Yidinji. 100%. But there's a spiritual aspect to this all, which is why I read about the Holy Scriptures there. And uh, uh, that's a very serious thing. Like I said, you're not going to go up against us. You're going against the supernatural. And that's the one that created the heavens and the earth and everything in between. And uh, that one's coming back soon. So anyway, may God's peace be upon you. Uh, wherever you are listening to the show, in the almighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. We'll catch you next week. Garu.